Hi, I'm Stephen Crafty. I'm presenting Talking Design at RMIT University in Melbourne. And I'm here with landscape designer Miles Broad. He's a director of Exley Garden Architecture, EGA, and is very well known in Melbourne and probably not so well known in other states, correct? That'd be correct, Stephen. Welcome to the program. Thanks very much. A pleasure to be here. Uh, you know, um, Miles, you're really only here to talk about the problems I'm finding in my garden. I'm happy to talk with no, you no, about that. It's really about <laughs> it's, um... it's it's about what you're doing. You actually aren't trained in a sense you've done a few short courses, but you have a construction background. I do, yes. I can't, yeah, I started off digging dirt, digging holes. Um, construction sites. Construction sites. Um, what happened? I actually, I just, I'll tell you the whole story. Yes. Uh, so I, I, I was a musician um, yes. <laughs> at school. I was, I was the, like the best trumpet player going to a classical realm. I did half a year of university in Sydney Con Conservatorium. I went, this is not for me. Came back home, looked at the job guide because mum said, get a job or get out. And I went, How landscaping. Old were you then? I was 19. Yeah. I was 19. And um, yeah, I think, landscaping, that sounds good. And so I got a job, yeah. That was, on the on yeah. landscape sites? Yeah, yeah. As an apprentice, as a first year apprentice landscaper. Um, and yeah. what was it about the landscape that, from music to landscape, that's kind of a big shift? It, yeah, it was a radical shift. And, and you know, you, you're expected to go into university, you know, from private schools into university. And here I was being a dirt digger on like $4 an hour. Um, I just love being outside, always love being outside. Um, Family to... were surrounded by great gardens as a no, child? No, horrible gardeners. <laughs> <laughs> so my, do you know um, uh, uh, Wandering Jew, the plant? The, yes, yeah, it's got horrible weed. weed. My father planted it. I've never heard of that before. No, nor have I. He literally, he said, there's a nice ground cover, it's easy to grow, and he planted it and it took over the neighbourhood. And he's quite proud of the fact still. <laughs> so, so it was being outside, but it must be more mm. than that. Were there yeah. people that you'd seen over years? No, no. It was just a random choice based on um, digging holes. I used to dig holes as a child, a bit like you know the yeah. castle. Have you seen yeah. the movie The Castle? Yes. <laughs> Dug a hole, Dad. Um, I would just yeah. I, I, I had it as a. I was going to be a. I was going to be a landscape architect or a musician or something when I was young, when I was very young. So when um, when did it really settle in that this is a career rather than just this is another job? Um, I, I look, I did quite well in my apprenticeship. I was apprentice of the year a couple of times in there and won a national competition, skills competition. So I had, I, you know, I was always keen to, you know, make it work and yeah. and, and do well and. Um, the design side came from, uh, I suppose, the lack of creativity. I think you've got to have creativity in your life. And so digging holes and laying pavers is one thing. Yeah, it's not really... Uh, you know, it's, 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 it's good, solid work, but it's yeah. not really... Yeah. So when do you think you first... Like, how did you get into becoming a landscape designer from um, digging a hole? I just... I, 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 I was working with progressively better companies at, through the apprenticeship, just sort of working my way up into the upper echelons of, you know, the Turak work, that side of things, and ended up doing quite a bit of Rick's work, Rick Eckersley's work, who is our creative director and um, founder of the company. So um, I ended up just having... I just wanted a bit of career advice from him. And, you know, where, where would you go? What would you do? And mm -hmm. da, da, da. And he said, oh, would you like a job? 
And I said, yes, thank you very much. That would be wonderful. So that's really... You've been there for how long then, uh, 16 years now. Well, that's a long yeah, time. Yeah, so now yeah, I own the company 50-50 with Scott Leung, uh, the, other, the other director. And Rick's actually out of the business now. Um, yeah. So I think what's interesting about... Uh, Exley Garden Architecture, EGA, is, and I, and I think, I mean, your gardens really are beautiful. I think most people who have seen a, uh, one of uh, EGA's uh, houses, gardens, uh, you can almost tell, even though you can't tell, mm. they're not obvious, they're not too overly stylistic. But I think one architect of note, I think it was Tim Jackson from Jackson Clements Barrow, said they actually work. They do. They, they actually do. work. Yeah. And I think that's something people don't talk about in gardens, that you can start out with something that looks nice on paper. It kind of has ticks all the bells and whistles, but then really doesn't do much for you. Mm. But Tim actually said, no, they work. Yeah. And every garden I've seen that you've done works. Yeah, well, it's very good of you to say. Well, um, and also a sense of joy. It's not predictable. I don't, there isn't really, I mean, even though I can tell it's one of your gardens, how would you describe your approach, Miles? I mean, how do you start the process? Because, you know, let's talk about some of the things you've done. There's a house in Bermorris, a new house yep. by Claire Cousins, quite a brutalist house. Don't tell Claire that. Oh, no, Brutalist. <laughs> I think Brutalist is quite popular now. Yeah. Well, it's very severe. It's quite yeah, severe. It's, it's quite it is, it is a, Yeah, on the site, it's, it, and it's, it's imposing on the site. And this garden was all about trying to just draw it back, but also to try and capture that essence of Beau Morris that was. You and know, quite a native garden. It's predominantly. So we don't, we're not purists by any yeah. means. Like we, I don't, in Melbourne, I don't think you can afford to be a native purist. Um, but you know, you've got Boston Ivy on the walls. That what a, that'll be absolutely lovely. And, and to to exclude that from the from the job would be a criminal, I reckon. Um, you've got deciduous trees in the back garden. Um, you've got a jacaranda. Uh, it's Amelia, white cedar. Um, that is actually native. It's a, it's a it's native to Upper New South Wales and Asia. Mm-hmm. Um, so how do you start that process of coming up with a scheme for something like that? Do you work closely with Claire, someone like Claire mm-hmm. Cousins or Tim Jackson yeah. or from the beginning? Or we do, do you... yeah. So it's, it's usually an intense briefing with both the clients and the architect. And from then, the start. From the very start. And so understanding how the architect wants to view the house or they want the house viewed you note I said their house view because it is, you know it is their house, not the clients. Um, how yeah, how the landscape needs to respond to the building is is super important in in good design, but also how the clients are going to use it and what they want from the the garden, and then we put our own spin on that. Um, so and you come up with two or three different schemes, and they all you just say this no, is. I it. try not to look. I did it. I just did it the other day, and it confused the hell out of everyone. <laughs> because there's too much to choose. There's too much to choose. It was about it was about pool locations, and it was very very rudimentary in, in early days. But we had do we have to pull here? Do we have it here? Do we have it here? Um, in a tricky little block where there was compromise and and decisions to make, but three decisions. They said, well, we like them all. So it's actually worse it's because worse. then yeah. people start doing yeah. it cut and paste. Absolutely, yeah. yeah. So you, you don't. Necessarily, I, th- I think if you've got a strong design and you want them to believe it too, you've got to just give it to them and make them and sell it to what them. What are they? I mean, look, you don't have to tell me on on this radio program. What's the success rate? You know, like if you just 
put something in front of a client mm. and say, this is what you're getting in a sense, what's generally the success rate? Is it 50%, 60% or is it kind of we like most of it? Or I think because we're, we're so thorough in that briefing and, and gaining an understanding of, the, of both the site and the client and the family, and the, we, we get it right most of the time. There's obviously, you know, I'm on revision or N on yeah. one job at the moment. Oh, okay. We won't go there. Don't mention the war. So it's not. It's never perfect. But I would say we are ninety percent. Oh, that's pretty good strike rate. Yeah. So with this Bomaris house, obviously it's near the beach. So you have to also take into account the type of species that are going to survive. Indeed. In this. Yeah, yeah. Salt, salt is is a killer. Yeah. We don't know. It's just that there, there was one of my failures. <laughs> Beachfront in Brighton that had a massive storm come through just on planting, and it killed the entire garden. You, was, you hadn't allowed for the. We had, we had. It was, it was just, just, just how brutal it can be by the coast. You think you're yeah. on, on Brighton Beach and then everything's hunky dory, but it's. So what do you do? You had to redo the whole thing. We had to replant the whole thing, pretty much. Yeah. At your expense? Um, or? or is it, it was an a bit active of a, nature? It was an active nature. I think so there was actually... would insurance cover that? I don't think that they did, no, no. Um, Should it cover that? Or you can't really insure for your garden? You don't insure for your garden, we, yeah. Because you insure for your house, but you can't insure for your garden. Correct. Oh. A lot of people have, uh, they have a rudimentary cover. We've, we, we found this out at um, Black Saturday. We did a little bit of assessment work of, of people's gardens through the... Black Saturday fires, and people have about $2,000 insurance on their gardens. Which doesn't really cover much. Doesn't cover anything, no, no, a few plants. Can you go for a higher cover, or it's just... No, I think it's just what it is. It is they, they'll say, well, you had... Here, here. I, it, I think they've got a little rudimentary value system. Oh. Um, we tried to create a value system that um, looked at the amenity and the, and the, the function and, and the lifestyle that it gave you, but it didn't quite go... Um, Rick, how do you kind of work up a scheme? I'm interested in how you actually start a scheme. Like, what is the trigger? I mean, I know you said the clients and on the site, but like, if you're looking at this house in Bomaris, what kind of do you work from? I mean, in terms of the architecture, what what talks to you before you start really getting, you know, pen to paper or getting on your computer? What what yeah. do you? What's the trigger? The trigger is. Um. The client, it's the client for me to, to try and really understand them and get in their heads before I, before I get moving. And I think that when I know that, I know the direction it can take because you, know, you see we've got three projects here. Quite which are They're all quite different. Um, and I, as you say, you can see that it's ours, but you can't see that it's I don't exactly think it, us. Yeah. Yeah. The other thing is, I mean, how firm are you? I mean, mm. some... Designers yeah. will just put their foot down and say, you're getting this. Mm. Um, and, you know, like if a client, for instance, said, look, I just like colour, I just like mm. petunias, uh, I just want something oldie-woldie. Mm. Um, I know... To a degree, yeah. Do you, yeah, do you, do you say, no. we don't do that? Because yeah. yeah. you don't. No, we don't. I had an argument about Bird of Paradise the other day. <laughs> Which one was it? Bird of Paradise. I quite like those. Yeah, I can't stand them. <laughs> but we're talking about these, so, yes, with the orange. Yeah, yeah. The, 
the, the grey well, leaf. I think Jamie Drury did them a disservice back in the um, backyard. It, I know what you're thinking. Days. It's too much Balinese influence. Oh, God, yeah, yeah. No, I think you're right. And yeah. it's just trying to make it look Balinese when we're in Melbourne. Mm, it's, not, it's not necessary. The only, yeah, all those yuccas that everyone put in everywhere 20 yeah. years ago. Yeah. That serves them right. They're all exploding fences. How now do you because... feel about cannon lilies? They're okay. Uh, okay. They're okay, but I don't really like the red ones. The red foliage, you know, the bronzy, yeah, yeah. bronzy red orange. foliage. Yeah. Um. Okay. So um, uh, there's another house which is quite different again. It's in uh, Turek on the banks of the Yarra. Mm-hmm. Um, and quite a difficult site. I mean, it's, it's a huge site. Mm. But, you know, obviously quite different from the Bomoris Garden. How, how would you kind of describe that one? Um, Series of terraces, well, it's stone not walls? A, it's almost just like a meandering walk down the side of a hill. <laughs> it's, um, yeah, it's it's a different garden. It's It was essentially a bit of unused space. So the, the, the serviceable terraces uh, that are intimate to the house are, are all flat and, and lawned and pools and what have you. This was just, it's just, they've got a boat ramp down the bottom and a boat house down there. And they had they had some steps that, that, that wound their way down and it, that was it. It was it's just rock and a bit of weed and, and a few plants here and there. And I think that what we've done is create something quite beautiful and amazing. It's, it actually um, looks very natural. Yeah, and I think that's, yeah. if you had to describe the practices work, it's, it is very natural. Yeah. It just feels as if it's been there for a while, mm. not added. Yeah, I think that's yeah. We, I think everyone in our office draws their their inspiration from nature. Um, and I saw uh, Rick recently being mm-hmm. interviewed on Gardening Australia. Yes. He was showing, I think it was his own garden. Yeah, or, down at Flinders. Yes, down at Flinders, yeah. and he was saying, you know, we very rarely have any strong rectilinear lines it's all very much curved yeah like nature yes yes there's Which not many is... straight lines in nature are there no no so you very rarely do rows of box hedges tend not to do rows of box hedges i am using some box hedges in a slightly different sense at the moment you're dying the pink i'm and not making... dying the pink no we're turning them into little masses of cloud pruned um formations within the garden space because she's got 200 lineal metres of them bordering her garden at the moment, and it's just... It's a, I waste, do, it's a waste to just throw it out. Yeah, well, that's yeah, the other thing I'm I was not... going to say. A lot of uh, garden designers who I've come across, uh, not all, I mm. mean, there's one in Sydney who I really enjoyed interviewing years ago, Jane Irwin, yeah. very well regarded, and she does a study of, obviously, the existing conditions and retain... You know, she looks and sees what she can retain. Yeah, I think Rather that's... than just ripping out, I think... From the garden shows I've seen, a lot of them do like to rip out and start again. But it's not very sustainable. It's not sustainable. And I think it's it's born of what ego and of this inability to work with nature as well. Like when you're saying, well, this is my style, so let's get rid of everything else and let's impose my style but it's on also, this. Yeah. Uh, it's also wiping away the history of yeah, the site. Yeah, and the, the, the sense of place that you have. Um so how do you have how do you fight for things like that? If the client says, "Just hate all that, get rid of it," and you say, "But no. actually, that's part of the history." I do always, yeah, 
always how, always try look to, to find and not to say I do, like if it if it's in the wrong spot or it's not a good specimen or whatever it is it's gone it's in, but if 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 there's some merit to it to have a 30 year old house a tree, tree next to a brand new house means that the house feels like it's been there yeah. it doesn't you know it's not all bright brand and new. shiny and brand new it just has this sense of establishment that you just can't buy. You uh, made one comment yeah. that still resonates with me, and it's something that... Um, oh, that sorry, I'm not <laughs> <laughs> But you said in a little interview I did with you recently, you know, when I was talking about the cost of gardens, and you said, you know, you, you know, no, you're not a big fan of outdoor kitchens, mm. and they a lot of money, and they don't really add anything, and you've just got this great kitchen literally a few paces away inside a great kitchen and living area. Why are people doing these things? Is it a status thing? Is it a trend? Is it a bit like the fire pit we're all meant to have? I think it's it's all of the above. It's all of the above. Um, There's a lot of money to put another kitchen in the garden. Yeah, yeah. and you're still spending another 30000 on that kitchen and then you're spending 40000 on the shelter that houses it and then you're running... I don't know. Yeah, I, I don't get it. I... But why are we doing it? Well, we're, we're not in at, EG, at Eckersley's. We are not. Um, so if someone says, look, I really want an outdoor kitchen. I'll try and simplify them a little bit. And usually the wife will... It's usually the man that wants the outdoor kitchen. Will show he's really good around the barbecue. Yes, yes. And then the wife isn't... Look, spiders in the sink, mice in the cupboards. Oh. They are. You're yeah. never going to store anything out there because... You'll have the first bit of mouse poo you see on there, you're never going to use them again, I don't think, those plates that you've had outside. You won't. So, and so why do people do it? I don't know. Um, it's a Boise thing. It's a Boise. It's the same reason that they like mowing the lawn. Uh, it's their understanding of what an outdoor lifestyle should be. Yeah, we'll put the telly on out there. They'll probably have the cricket going. It's kind of um, suburban, isn't it? Yeah, it is. It's all of those things. <laughs> Cash, <laughs> cashed up bogan is the term. Yes. And, well, I, I hope I haven't offended anyone. Well, but, um, I'm thinking that... Um, it is just a waste of resources when you yeah. can put that money into yeah. plants yeah. or even some paving or looking after yeah. your plants or getting a gardener in once every few weeks to Absolutely. really yeah. make and sure. Let's not even start on swimming pools in Melbourne. So it's just a waste oh, of money as well. Waste and status. And, uh, yeah, you've got young kids. Maybe they'll use it for five years. But what, in Melbourne, you get three months out of it. Yeah. And most of the people that put them in have beach houses. So. Well, it's interesting because Kennedy Nolan mm. just recently uh, did a pool in an award-winning house mm. in Clifton Hill. And I remember hearing Patrick talk and he said, look, we put a pool in. It's like it's just a circular little pool yeah, at the knuckle. It's beautiful. Yeah, yeah. And he said, look, it's really enough. Like you can just have a splash mm. in the hotter months. It's quite beautiful, the sound of water outside. But it doesn't take up a whole garden. Yeah. That's, that's a, yeah. And the maintenance is, you know, so... It, kind of makes sense to if you're going that way to do something modest perhaps. modest yeah 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 it is true so again miles do you actually talk people out of pools if they're... look when i can um or if i can um yeah. but generally you can't people that's that's they come in it's, it's got a pool it's yeah. it's a, it's a given unless there's no space but um yeah yeah i mean it makes more sense in sydney and queensland mm. but you're right well, you might get six months out of it yeah but three um, months is kind yeah, of yeah. um the other one I'm looking at is this huge property, um, and you tell me it was a tennis court. Mm. And tell me a little bit about it because it really looks as if it's a garden that's been there for hundred years. Yeah. We were it's, so the site that everything was just a 
beautiful happenstance that you've got and you see these big gum trees in the background and the owner that bought this property um where is it it's in interact oh wow it looks like it's um, in the but country the, 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 yeah, the one at the back that is like his borrowed landscape this borrowed vista is it's almost a botanical gardens it must be a triple two rack block or something and the, it has it has a little creek mm. at the bottom of it it's incredible and so that's that's his borrowed bit and that that makes it look like he's in the country and then the tennis court actually had quite a good creeper on the fence um, yeah. and it was a you know Chinese star jasmine so it was like an evergreen hedge right the way around the property and we just had to fill in the in the blanks we lifted the levels up we terraced it down so that it had movement and flow and um, and here I've noticed there is a pool. Here there was a pre-existing pool, and it's yeah. bloody awful. That <laughs> you've re- reworked that? We haven't reworked it at all, no. So it, it, it's perfectly functional. It's um, it's a big, long lap pool. It's yeah. got a spillover wall, water wall, which I think are dreadful, but, you know, whoever yeah. did it originally obviously didn't. Um, yeah. yeah. And it, in terms of planting for this mm, property, because it is... You know, you've you've got these wonderful um, gum trees that have been there. Looks looks like for a hundred years. Mm-hmm. Um, they are obviously existing. Yeah, so they're in, they're in the neighbour's property. So you're borrowing that view. Borrowing that view. Yeah. What are the things that people, you know, make the mistake of with gardens? What are the things that are generally bugbear? of mm. you know the practice that you just go well you should have done this or mm-hmm. is it just people don't look after gardens or they don't think of the long term or they want instant because gardens aren't instant they're not instant and, and they're difficult in that um it takes them five years till we can get a photograph of them like you can't like an architect will shoot their house straight away mm. Um, we have to wait three, four, five years until it starts really developing and looking good and looking like it, you know, at its zenith. Yeah, it's. Are people and, are a bit, um, Miles. Are people are a bit anxious when it comes to when they see the garden mm. put in for the first time? They're a bit disappointed and they uh, think, "Oh, I was kind of expecting more." No, and then five years down the track, they love it. No, I think more. No, they're gen- generally they're happy. Yeah. I go, oh yeah, that looks because it does. It looks great. It's it's fresh and new, and and you can see what's going to happen. But then, they get happier and happier and happier as it as yeah. it as it rolls along. So that's um, as long as they don't make any mistakes. I think drainage would be the biggest mistake people make in their gardens. They, they don't, don't allow allow for, for subsurface drainage. So they put it in. The plants don't perform. Yep, they're sitting. They've got sitting water on their water. roots, and and they just and then they come back to you and say, look, nothing's thriving. Well, hopefully not. Because <laughs> what you, you we, actually suggest the we, we, yeah, we, we we have that in our in our planning, in our planning. But they so. kind of then that's part of the package. Then. Yeah, yeah. You know, if they don't do the drainage, they don't yeah. get the proper garden. Correct. Yeah. But if it was Joe Blow doing their garden in particularly north side, we've got such heavy heavy soils north side um, of the Yarra. Of the Yarra. Yeah. Or even from Richmond. So Richmond right through into you know Parkville and Fitzroy, heavy heavy claggy soil that. Um, Feels good in you know feels good in spring, but in winter it's a mess. It's wet and sodden, and yeah. in summer it's baked and dry. Um, so yeah, if you if you're doing it yourself, yeah. put some think about drainage. What I mean, I, I I'm interested in trends. I know you're not a trend. It's you know your gardens are very considered. But if there was a if you were looked into your mm. crystal ball mm. and said where things are going in gardens, because I think there was a, a time miles where 
you know, people didn't want any gardens. I think in the mm-hmm. 90s, people just wanted a nothing. They literally wanted nothing mm. except the front door, go into the front door, park their car. I think there's been a return to gardens. There seems to have been. I think... And if you, you, like you see it everywhere. Going. Like as we walked into RMIT here, they've, they've got these structures with greenery. They're trying to, you know... Peter Elliott yeah. did that. It's, it's on people's minds. Landscape is on people's minds and it's in their consciousness now, which has been a huge shift in the past five Why years. Why do you think it is? Television or is it... No, it's just the, I think the environment has finally clocked on people's radars, our environment, what we're doing to it and how we've been mistreating it and, and this is this is a bounce back from there we're, we're looking to create greenery within this urban jungle and what do you enjoy most about the the process is it the process or the meeting with the clients initially seeing something that can be transformed or is it just seeing the end product what what gives uh, you the most satisfaction miles all of the above <laughs> i oh. think oh that's not that's a yeah. non-answer isn't it um I, the schematic, the, the first ideas, I reckon are my favourite bits. Yeah, I sit down with a bit of grey lead and a piece of paper and a rubber and just start getting ideas out and, and that's what... And then you start, you know, I rub it out and I go, have another go, and rub it out and, and you start, it just, just starts coming together and then when it's there, you go, yeah, that's going to work. So you're, That'll work. you're generally pencil and paper rather than... Always, always, always. Not computer. Yep, not. So the office doesn't really work with the computers? They all work with the computer. We have a wonderful team at, um, at EGA. So shout out, hello guys, if you listen. Um, and you would present your schematic to them and they yeah, turn it into, into the into, 3D. Into the, into the CAD or whatever. Yeah. yeah. Um, and with your background in terms of starting, you know, digging ditches, mm. do you kind of get tempted to get onto sites and start digging again? Or is it just something you've gone well beyond um, i was helping someone do some paving on the weekend and got as much enjoyment out of it as you did yeah 16 years yeah, ago yeah yeah i'm feeling i'm feeling the pain on, on the knees <laughs> at the moment but um no i still i still love i'm a very hands-on person um i've pretty much built my own house so yeah and I, what's I your own garden like or you tend to ignore it no no, no it's 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 had a period of neglect and it's on the bounce back i'd like i'm happy to say <laughs> what uh, type of garden is it's it? it's um probably that bow morris one's very similar so i'm yeah bayside as well and so it's all banksias and but a, a thread of natives and, and exotics but a, yeah strong a strong local native presence there mm-hmm. yeah. um miles look thank you so much for coming on to the program today pleasure it's been a joy and uh, I really do admire your work. I mean, I think it's it's not just me. Other people, architects, people who aren't particularly uh, well-versed in landscape mm. design, I think, you know, you've built up a name. We're working uh, for a lot of good architects at the moment. I think yeah, you do. Yeah, we do. We're like we're the cream of the crop. We've got the cream of the crop. You which do. Is, which is and I think yeah, that's a good sign when yeah, architects, yeah. you know, who it's all about, mm. you know, the building. But mm. when they start saying, well, actually, it's if you... Yeah, yeah we put a thread of creeper on there or whatever. Yeah, yeah. and then they're giving us a bit more leash too, which is nice. Great. Yeah. Well, look, uh, thanks so much for coming on the program. Pleasure. Uh, you've been listening to Miles Broad. He's a director of Exley Garden Architecture, EGA, and you've been listening to Stephen Crafty talking design at RMIT University in Melbourne. Thanks so much for listening. <laughs>